Everyone has phases they go through in life. Growing up, I was obsessed with listening to the radio. When I was about 10, I even befriended a local radio DJ and tried to convince her to give me a job as a disc jockey. She was impressed by my determination and invited me to the station one day to play some tracks while she was on air. But later, patiently explained to me that, well, child labor is illegal. And I'd have to wait until I was at least 16. While I didn't get to be a radio DJ until about nine years after that, my passion for music never floundered. I think my favorite thing about music is how it serves as an ambassador for culture and allows you to sonically travel the world even if you're just listening to tunes on your Mickey Mouse radio at home. From Selena's songs to the mariachi band that serenaded you while you ate tacos in a local restaurant, the hills were truly alive with the sound of music in my little border town. While we South Texans were partial to musica norteña, in the northern part of the state, country reigned supreme. Not to mention that Austin, the Texas state capital, holds the title of the world's live music capital, and it doesn't disappoint. If you ever make it to South by Southwest, you'll know what I mean. It's a music lover's playground where stories like Prince turning up unannounced to play a gig at a local bar have been totally mythologized. Regardless of what your favorite music genre is, you have to admit that there is a therapeutic element to music. Even the simple joy that comes from creating a mixtape for different moods, events, or people you love. Music brings people together, and no celebration would be complete without it. Each song is its own wild tableau of feelings complete with brilliant rhythm and harmonies. It also tells you so much about when, where, and who you are in that moment. In Spain, reggaeton and bachata are some of the most popular styles of music, which you'll find people dancing to until the literal break of dawn. That provides a stark contrast to nightlife in much of the U.S., where a big night out usually means throwing in the towel at 2 a.m. However, in España, 2 a.m. is when the party is only just starting to shift gears. And most people don't go home before 7 a.m. The real party animals might come home two days later. But that's another story for another time. Personally, I think there's no better way to get to know a culture than to go out and meet its people face-to-face, -face. and, if you're really brave, then have a boogie with them on the dance floor. At least, that's my philosophy. My name is Ashuni Perez, and this is A Texan in Spain. Getting to know a culture goes hand in hand with getting to know its music. During my first few years in Spain, I realized that so many jokes just went completely over my head because I lacked a comprehensive knowledge of Spanish popular culture. Like any good overachiever, I took that as a challenge to learn as much as I could. I began watching all those late night TV shows that chronicled the musical hits of yesteryear and devoured documentaries about 
anything from the Spanish Civil War to La Movida Madrileña. Another thing I found very telling were the fiestas. And believe you me, there are many in Spain. Not to mention that ir de fiesta, that is, going out, is a huge part of socializing. I know there are a lot of stereotypes about the Spanish and how they're wild party animals, but I think it's more accurate to say they appreciate the work-life balance. It's about enjoying good company and taking time to decompress, like true bon vivants. As far as local fiestas go, whether that's for a patron saint or a seasonal tradition, it seems that there's always a party going on for something. Which brings me back to music. Because there are so many festivals and so many celebrations, music can be found everywhere you turn, from marching bands to DJs and more. There is a true appreciation for music that is inherent in Spanish culture. That tends to conjure images of people dancing flamenco and wildly playing castanets at some bar in Andalusia, although there is a whole world of music outside of that. In fact, I have to admit that my guilty pleasure is Spanish pop from the 1980s. One of my favorite songs is Ole Ole's 1983 hit, No Controles. Besides being fun to dance to, that song shares an important message as one of the first big feminist hits on Spanish radio. Its lyrics talk about a woman not wanting to be controlled when it comes to the way she dresses, thinks, feels, or dances. She chooses to express her authentic self, and everyone loves her for it. Songs like that remind us that being authentic is what will bring you long-lasting happiness, even if it can feel a little unsettling at times. Through my exploration of Spanish music and getting to know the culture better, I found that I also got to know myself really well, and that's been a huge part of my journey as a foreigner living abroad. with my story, I wanted to bring in some other perspectives on music and cultural differences in Spain. In this episode, I'll speak to DJ and jack-of-all-trades, Somar Kirko. Hi, Somar. Can you tell us about yourself? So uh, my name is Somar, Somar Kirko. I'm Syrian-Lebanese. I've got both nationalities. Uh, my mom is Lebanese, my dad is Syrian-Armenian. A bit of a cocktail, basically, background and nationality and all of that. But I feel like I'm a part of the world. I'm international. That's I don't even know where home is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in Syria, Lebanon, Dubai. Did a lot of traveling when I was living in Dubai as well because of work and because like life permitted me to do that as well, in mm -hmm. a way. And yeah, like now it's been like 10 years living here in Valencia and I think it's home finally. Well, what brought you to Valencia initially? It was mainly my brother, I would say. My older brother was here before. Mm -hmm. He got here around 2009. I was living in Dubai around that time, and I was kind of getting saturated from Dubai. I mean, yeah. it was a good place. It was a good experience work-wise, travel-wise, but like, uh, let's say it didn't satisfy me much. So I felt like a lot of stuff were missing. 
I was looking for a new adventure somehow and I was kind of lost where to go to. And my brother, like one day we were just over the phone and he was like, come for a visit, check it out. If you like it, you can just stay here. And I was like, stay and do what? He was like, step by step, <laughs> man, just come and see if you like it. If you like it, then we see, like you can definitely figure it out just like you, you always did. Yeah. And literally that's what happened. I came here, I stayed for a month. Really yeah. liked it. Went back to Dubai, you know, settled all of my stuff down and went for a bit of travel in Asia. Came to Europe as well for a bit of travel, Croatia, Berlin. And then I came to Valencia and, and that was it. It's been 10 years now and I can't, I can't believe it, to be honest with you. Wow. When you figured it out, what did you start doing here? Like what were some of the first things that you did? The first thing was the language, registered for some courses for Castellano. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, started working with my brother or like started learning, I would say, because I started banking and finance. I worked in the stock exchange for like a year and I didn't really feel it. So I left yeah. it. So most of my life I did marketing and events. This is what I worked with basically in Dubai. And even like uh, when I was studying at the university, I did that a lot as a freelance, which helped me out to do the switch. Hospitality was totally a new thing for me. So like just started learning with my brother at the restaurant. I was in the kitchen mainly. So I was doing the cooking for both restaurants that my brother had till like 2016. And then I started my own restaurant after that, which I had for like four years. Well, you know that you've been there. You've been to Zaytune. So yeah. like uh, that was going on until 2019 as well. Well, now you're working a lot in music. And how did you first get into music and DJing? So music has been a big part of my life. just like forever. Like I remember I started buying a lot of cassette tapes when I was like 12, <laughs> 13. Yes, I'm too old school. I'm too old cassette. <laughs> if you don't know what a cassette tape is, Google that. <laughs> So, yeah, I remember like when I was around 12 or 13, basically the first music I get into was rock music. And I remember like going to the cassette shops, looking for the Iron Maiden, Metallica, Aerosmith, <laughs> Guns N' Roses cassettes and all of that. It was like love from the first side, to be honest with you, on a physical level and even like uh, on an artistic level, like buying the cassette, having it in hand, the artwork, the photo. I remember like even in the beginning i almost slept next to the my cassette tapes you know like it was <laughs> slept like next to your I, cassettes <laughs> almost almost you know what i mean as if it's a pet or something like that yeah. <laughs> so i really really loved it waking up every morning putting the cassette listening to music you know my english was zero around these times because i'm i'm basically french educated mm -hmm. until like 17 years old so I didn't know English around that time. So I remember even going to the to the dictionary, like did it, not even the internet and trying yeah. to figure some words out. And this Aww. is how I started learning English, actually. Because, you know, you're hearing you're hearing a lot of feelings. You see a lot of feelings in the artwork, but you don't understand anything. And it was intriguing. It, it was yeah. like. I need to know what they're talking about, man. Like yeah. something is going on. I, I need to figure that out. So yeah, and then like in university, I started playing the drums as well. We even had a band, university band doing, uh, we did covers for like Red Hot Chili Peppers, oh, nice. Pink Floyd, yeah. the Cranberries. It was a bit of kind of different kind of stuff of rock as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, as well, during university, I was working with a, 
couple of big nightclubs in Lebanon doing PR and selling tickets for their big events. So, and this is where like I started getting introduced to the DJing world as well, basically, you know, and I loved it. I was always like curious, seeing friends DJing, going there, hey, like, what are you doing? How does that work? And then like at some point when they were like too drunk in the after parties, they started (laughs) to let me play a little bit with them. And this is how it started, you know, (laughs) until like, I think 2009. In Dubai, where I decided to buy the first two decks ever and then like started DJing properly in Dubai. Also, me and some friends, we started like a big rave. It started as a birthday party. We were like 20, 30 people the first time. And we actually drove two hours to Oman because mm-hmm. in Dubai, the rules are like way harsher. Yeah. So if we get code, it's prison and it could be harder than that. So we drove all the way to the desert in Oman. Amazing spot. Beautiful. We enjoyed it so much the first time that we decided that we need to do that every month or every couple of months. (laughs) And bit by bit, word of mouth obviously started to go out. Like years after that, like we ended up having like 300, 400 people almost. Whoa, at this rave in the desert. Exactly. And it was beautiful. It was amazing. And then like, you know, I just kept DJing uh, all the way, even when I was traveling in Asia, like but sometimes I was DJing for food and shelter to travel cheaper somehow. And it was an amazing way for me to practice as well more. Yeah. And, you know, like, cause if you DJ at the same spot every time, that gets to be easy. Once you go to different spots, different cultures, different backgrounds, even like different contexts, it forces you to do more investigation, more music research and all of that. And all of that bit by bit got me to the DJing stuff now. I think it exploded for me since I came to Valencia. I've been DJing, Mm -hmm. but like for some reason after the pandemic, it just exploded in a way. And I guess it was me selling the restaurant as well, you know, because that took a lot of my personal time. I didn't even look for it, to be honest with you. Just they started calling. I got back to it. And one thing led to another. And and now, like, I I could say, like, I'm almost living out of the music, to be honest with you, which is amazing. It's been, like, really busy two years. And and it's amazing. Now I'm trying to focus on more, like, the international gigs as well, you know, making some contacts. I was in Romania last week, had, like, a couple of gigs with uh, a very good friend of mine, Ramon Nomart, who's a very good DJ as well. And that was amazing. We had a lot of fun that we're like trying to close three gigs for Lisbon in April. Oh, cool. And hopefully summertime in England and Manchester, if everything works out. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm a big fan of Manchester. I'm sure that's going to be fun. I heard a lot of good stuff about that place. I'm like, I'm, I'm really looking forward to be there. So let's see how it goes. Oh, that's so exciting. When it comes to Spain, what are some of the biggest things you noticed in like differences in culture? I love Valencia. This is why I chose to stay here. And I think the beauty of it, that it's a small town city somehow, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Which makes it special and beautiful. But that as well, there's a huge gap between like Madrid, Barcelona and then Valencia. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think Madrid 
in Barcelona, there's much more diversity. They offer much more on a cultural level because it's more mixed up. They attract more expats. But also like in Valencia, I would say it's changing. Like there's a huge difference from when I got here. I got here in September 2013. And to be honest with you, coming from Dubai, uh, traveling a lot in different places, I did feel like a huge gap. It, I felt like a bit even uncomfortable in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I guess the rest of this stuff and the beauty and the calmness of Valencia and the easiness of Valencia compensated all of that. I like diversity. Like even I get bored speaking one language. You know what I mean? I really <laughs> like to talk to people from different backgrounds, people who are like so different on a cultural level or even on a personal level, artistic level, a religious level, because really this is what makes us learn from mm-hmm. each other. And it opens up our horizon as human beings, basically, yeah. and even our understanding of life of each other and all of that. It's kind of breaking the stereotypes in our heads. We all have that. And the more we mix up, the more we travel, the more we read, the more we listen to music, we break it up. Like, you know, in the end, I ended up loving it. Mm-hmm. And here in Valencia, especially 2013, like few stuff were common. You know what I mean? Like Valencia yeah. goes by what's common and yeah. fads. House music, club music. Exactly. Yeah. I remember my first time DJing and I dropped a bit of disco and funk. And I remember people coming to me and like asking me to pitch it up like hey man could you please play something more dancing and i was like what's more dancing than disco (laughs) but you know i don't blame them because i used to like my music hard so i remember when i was young and like people played disco and funk for me for the first time i was like play me the hard stuff it's out of the little experience, you know what I mean? Because once I started experimented with the African-American music and all of that, I was like, oh my God, I'm in love. This is the base of everything. I mean, they call it Mama Africa for a reason, right? Like, yeah. uh, like everything comes from there and the music as well comes from there. But now, 10 years later, it's like we both know it. Yeah, There's much more offer now. There's much more expats now. Yeah. When I first moved here as well, it was like, I mean, I used to go to shows like every weekend, I'd go see a pretty big band. And then it was here. It was like, maybe if you were lucky in the summertime, you could go to Barcelona (laughs) and see a festival. But it's changed a lot. So that's something that I'm really grateful for as well. But I could see how that would be like, especially if you're, you know, DJing and really into music. And it's like, this is a really, really big change. What would you say are some of your biggest takeaways from this experience having moved here and, you know, any ways you feel like it's changed you or helped you grow? So it did change me a lot. You know, in the end, it was a totally new culture, mm-hmm. which I absorbed a lot of good stuff from it. But I could say I'm a totally different person from when I got here, like, you know, when I was 31. A lot of things changed, like the way I think about stuff, my whole perspective changed, I believe. I'm more like focused on the stuff that I love in life. I'm more focused on the people I love in my life. On a social level, we get drifted by the big waves easily. You know, like I remember 10 years ago where like I could say yes to a lot of stuff just because the biggest group wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, like nowadays, like I'm like brutal (laughs) with that. Like I'm like, 
So, okay, we're all going to this place. You're coming with us. I'm like, no, I'm going home because I don't feel like it. Like, I don't even explain. I don't need to explain anything to you. You know what I mean? I, and I think I it's good it. to know when to go home, though. Oh, yes. When to go home, when to end up a relationship, when to quit a job. <laughs> yeah. It's indicative of knowing yourself really well. And obviously, in this time that you've been here, you've gotten to know yourself in a really intimate level. I'm a totally different person from like when I got here. Like, I feel so happy and I feel so proud in a way. And, and it goes like, oh my God, well done, man. Well done. So well done on you because I'm usually a tough person on myself. <laughs> so I'm like learning also. This is something I started learning here as well to be nicer to me. Because a lot of times I'm like, you wouldn't even do this to a stranger. Why are you doing yeah. this to yourself? <laughs> Maybe as well, like being able to dedicate this time to get to know yourself better. I mean, I would say could even be the work-life balance. You know what I mean? I mean, do you think you would have been able to get to know yourself and make all these changes if you were still living in Dubai, which has such a different work-life balance? I don't think so, to be honest with you, because uh, maybe because of my age as well. I was younger. I was in my 20s, mainly during my life in Dubai. And Dubai is a bit of a crazy place, to be honest with you, where there's a huge, massive gap and contradictions. Yeah. Like you get there, it feels like it's the future. But on a cultural <laughs> level, it's like contradictive in a way. The work environment was so hectic. Like sometimes when we had the final events in a week, I could be sleeping seven hours the whole week. So wow. that meant, oh yes, like it was really crazy. That's why in the end I was doing freelance stuff, like where I was working like, you know, intensive month and like chill intensively, go travel, you know, do nothing and like just enjoy my time. It was more like about... Let me finish my stuff, my responsibilities and have some fun, which was kind of escaping my reality. You know what I mean? I kind yeah. of didn't like it. So I tried to run away from it by excessive pleasures, drinking it out, going out to the parties and then like do the traveling. But the traveling, I still I would I wouldn't mind doing it every day. You know, this is something I love. I've got the travel bug, but yeah. I like kind of trying to escape my reality because of the stress, probably because I wasn't feeling very comfortable in that ambient. So I guess Spain provided me that peace, more like the chilled, healthy vibes to be able to focus on me on my life. So I, I kind of owe it to Spain in a way, because in Dubai, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do it, to be honest with you. Finding the balance is something that in a lot of countries where work is considered like the most important thing, which work obviously is important. I mean, you need to work to live, right? You need to be able mm -hmm. to pay for things. But when it's considered the most important thing, more than your personal like relationships, more than your mental health, and that's when I think it becomes really detrimental. In Spain, obviously, people work hard here. I know sometimes people say, oh, the siesta, nobody wants to work and this and that. It's like, no, people do <laughs> want to work. They just understand also the importance of rest. And I think that's something that's really deeply embedded in the cultures. They understand that everyone should be able to rest. And being yeah. in an environment where you have more of that balance, I think, does give you the opportunity to focus on personal growth, mental expansion, examine yourself. And it's the same thing for me. If I had stayed in the U.S. all these years, I don't think that I would have the same kind of growth that I've had in the last 10 years. You kind of put a lot of things that are also important on the back burner 
because society is telling you that you need to focus on X, Y, Z when you really want to focus on ABC. Exactly. Totally. And Spain is so good in that sense, especially Valencia, because, you know, it's not a very big, hectic city. But, you know, the idea is like work to live and not live to work. That's beautiful, I believe. And we're lucky to be able to have it. Because really, in a lot of places like in Dubai, I get consumed by this ambient, basically, you know, where work is number one and like you need to sacrifice your life for the company and for work. And to be honest with you, thanks to Dubai, I got to see that. It really hit me hard. I hated that. And I was like, okay, I'm just a number for you. I don't want to be here, man. I'll go find my way. And that's why when I left Dubai, I made a promise to myself that I would never, ever work in a corporate world like that. I did it. I learned a lot of stuff for it. But like, I also learned that I don't belong there. And and that's why we should never be afraid to do that change, you know, Mm because a lot of times we're just like scared to do it. And once we do it, we're like, oh, my God, this is what I needed. And then you look back and you think, why didn't I do this before? Exactly. (laughs) We learn from that. So like whenever you want to do that change, do it. Even if it's bad for you, you're going to learn out of it. I think you're totally right. And sometimes, yeah, even just learning, okay, I tried that. I didn't like it. On to the next thing. That's also a lesson for you. I mean, obviously some experiences are more intense than others, but if anything, if you can always take some kind of like message or learning out of it, then it's something that adds to your life. Unfortunately, we're kind of conditioned to stay with what's safe and what's stable, which is good too, that has its own value. But yeah, if you're always thinking about doing something else and you don't do it because you're like, oh, well, it's going to be too hard or it's going to be such a big change. It's like, well, it could be the best thing you ever do in your life, honestly. You'll just never know because you were too scared to try. It's so weird. eh? Like if you think about it, like we're always scared of change. Well, like change is the only constant thing in life. Nature is always changing. The thing is, is it's very slow. So we think that it's the same, but yeah. it's not. It's things are always changing. You got to accept it. Go with the change. Flow with it. Yeah. It's something as well that I think can be different for everyone. I mean, some people are super radical and they're like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to chop off all my hair and move across the country and get a new job. (laughs) Like that's a bit extreme, you know, that's a lot, but you can do little things because it it can be quite intense to change everything all at once. I mean, some people like that. They love to just go like, I'm a phoenix and like, you know, but that's not for everyone. The people who can do that, like kudos to you, but some people just need to do like day to day things and changing small things so that you can get perspective on how things used to be is also really enriching because sometimes it's really hard to see yourself when you're in the middle of something. But then when you look back, you're like, oh, at that time, I thought I was really happy in this job or this relationship or this, you know, friend group or that, you know, whatever club I was going to. But I look back to you down the line and I'm actually like, oh, yeah, what was I doing there? (laughs) I had nothing to do with that place, you know? Literally. So, Somar, if people are in Valencia and they want to see you spin, where can they go? Well, a lot of places. Like, I'm I'm constantly <laughs> in Atenea, Fabrica de Yellow, also Funcadelia, Plata España. Oh, yeah. We do we do a monthly event over there, which is called Huevos de Oro, where it's me and other two DJs. And it's a vinyl set mainly. And it's just about soul, funk and disco, old school stuff mainly. But like, uh, just follow yeah, more on Instagram, guys. Exactly. It's Sooms, S O U M Z Z, double Z, basically, at the end. Or you can just type in Somar Kirko. Google me, please. Google Somar. <laughs>
You'll have a lot of cool events to go to in Valencia, that's for sure. We'll keep a lookout for all of your upcoming shows. Thank you so much. Authentically can mean different things for different people, and that's all part of the beauty of it. It varies from person to person and manifests itself in both big and small ways. For some people, it's changing your job or house or entire identity, and for others, it's exploring new places. When we are honest with ourselves about who we want to be, we can truly start to live life. There isn't really a recipe for how to live authentically, but I'd say it's akin to putting together the perfect playlist. You have to start off strong and pepper in songs that you know will keep the momentum going because it isn't always easy. And if we're honest, some days are really hard. But just when things are looking gray and you feel like waving the white flag, the song will change and things will start looking up. Life is a slow metamorphosis. That's the part of change that no one really talks about. The in-between phases where you feel strange and look a little mottled. Caterpillars have the right idea hiding out in their cocoons. And of course, there's that wow factor when they emerge like dazzling butterflies. Somar and I first met in one of those in-between phases. At the time, he was running his restaurant Zaitune in Ruthafa, and I was still a language teacher trying to figure out if teaching was really for me. Spoiler alert, it wasn't. We met through a mutual friend who was also a DJ in the local music scene. While that was more than six years ago, the transformations we've both experienced have been immense. Over the years, we've continued adding tracks to our eternal playlists to find a better balance. Although the playlists aren't quite finished yet, they still set the mood and get people dancing. So play the hits and dance to the beat of your own drum. Mm -hmm. 